from KBGA Radio and the Montana Kaiman, this is Missoula Community Weekly. I'm John Hooks. Welcome back to Missoula Community Weekly. After a brief hiatus in the last few weeks, we've returned to bring you some special coverage to help you cast an informed ballot in the upcoming midterm election. A quick reminder that the election is on Tuesday, November 6th, and if you haven't registered to vote yet, you still can. In Montana, you can register to vote at the elections office in your county until 8 p.m. on Election Day. That means you still have about three weeks to register to vote if you haven't yet. For our election episodes, we wanted to avoid rehashing coverage and analysis of the high-profile federal races on the ballot this year, and instead focus on ballot initiatives and referendums. These are an important but often understated part of the election process, and they provide voters a chance to directly enact and amend legislation. However, many voters first see these issues through the dense, often confusingly worded summaries printed on their ballots, or from heavy-handed radio and TV ads from the groups supporting and opposing these initiatives and referendums. So for the first few weeks, we're going to walk you through some of the referendums and initiatives that you'll see on your ballot. We'll try to boil down the language and tell you clearly what you're voting for and give you an important context about what people and groups are supporting and opposing these issues. For this first episode, we're going to talk about Initiative 185, which you may know as the tobacco tax. Big tobacco corporations are spending millions of out-of-state dollars misleading Montanans about efforts to protect our health care. Opponents of 185 say that won't cover the projected $60 million a year cost of the state's share, but supporters, including the governor, say that claim is misleading. So I-185 is a law proposed by initiative petition which means it earned its place on the ballot only after gathering a minimum number of signatures from registered Montana voters. If you want to learn all about Montana's petition laws, you should listen to our earlier episodes on the Green Party petition from a couple months ago. I-185 proposes a tax increase on tobacco products sold in Montana. Taxes would increase by about $2 on packs of cigarettes and moist snuff, and a 33% tax increase would go into effect on all other tobacco products, which would now include e-cigarettes and vaping products. That money, by the language of the law, would then be split up to pay for a variety of programs across the state budget. I-185 also eliminates a sunset provision that had been placed on a Medicaid expansion program passed by the Montana legislature in 2015. The program is currently scheduled to expire upon legislative review on June 30th, 2019. The initiative sets aside those funds that would be raised by this tax to pay for that Medicaid expansion and to pay for a variety of services that would benefit low-income Montanans and veterans. About 44% of the money would go towards funding that Medicaid expansion. About $2 million would go towards operating and maintaining state nursing homes for veterans. A small amount would go into a long-term state building fund, and the rest would go into the state's general fund. 
So that's what this initiative is proposing. But let's take a step back for a minute and have a look at how this law ended up on this year's ballot. Montanans have been paying a steady $1.70 tax on cigarettes since 2005. But during last year's state legislature, Democratic Senator Mary Cafaro proposed a new bill that would raise that tax by $1.50. 13 Republicans co-sponsored the bill. But within a week, the bill was dead. The Great Falls Tribune reported that lobbyists from Elytra Group, which owns Philip Morris, and R.J. Reynolds, which are two of the largest tobacco companies in the world, spent about $150,000 lobbying conservative members of the Montana House, including the Speaker, Austin Knudsen. In the end, 11 of the 13 Republican co-sponsors bailed, and the bill was killed in committee. So after that defeat, a group of healthcare lobbyists and organizations turned in a petition proposal to the Secretary of State for what is now I-185, but was then called the Healthy Montana Initiative. The petition collected more than the 25,000 signatures required and qualified for the ballot. Since this summer, when the initiative officially made the ballot, both the support and opposition campaigns have been well-funded by the industries behind them. The Montana Hospital Association, which is the biggest backer of the initiative, has spent more than $3 million in support, while Elytra Group, who again owns Philip Morris, spent more than $12 million to oppose this measure, which is the largest amount spent on a ballot initiative in Montana history. According to the AP, Montanans Against Tax Hikes, which is the citizen group organizing the opposition effort, and again, which is funded by Elytra and R.J. Reynolds, spent almost a million dollars a week last month on advertisements like this one. 185 is a massive new tax increase that deceptively claims to fund Medicaid expansion, but doesn't provide enough new revenues to pay for it. So instead of fully funding Medicaid expansion, it creates a permanent unfunded mandate of $34 million a year that you'll have to pay for. With this measure, as with all initiatives and referendums, there is a lot of mudslinging on both sides. Grand claims about the benefits or costs of different programs are all over the place, and it can be hard to know what to believe and what to discount once you finally sit down and fill out your ballot. So we wanted to give a quick, fact-based appraisal of some of the arguments for and against this initiative. Our primary source for the viewpoints of each side is the voter information pamphlet provided to each registered voter by the Secretary of State. The biggest point of contention on both sides is about how the money will be spent from this tax and whether that represents effective spending. Here, Mike Dennison from MTN News breaks down the spending proposed in this initiative. I-185, if passed, would earmark $26 million a year of the revenue it generates for Medicaid expansion. But the state's spending on the program is projected to be about $60 million a year, thus the $34 million unfunded mandate. Supporters of I-185 argue this unfunded mandate doesn't really exist. They say expanded Medicaid also saves the state $31 million a year by providing a better federal match for people that would be covered by Medicaid anyways, and that another $5 million will be paid each year in small premiums from people covered by the program. Together, these savings essentially erase any shortfall, they say. 
The ads against I-185 also don't mention that Medicaid expansion brings more than $500 million of federal money into the state each year that pays medical bills for thousands of people and creates jobs. Yet the ads against 185 note correctly that a lot of the money raised by the initiative go to programs other than Medicaid expansion. If approved, I-185 would raise taxes on a pack of cigarettes by $2 and by 67% of other tobacco products like moist snuff. Nearly one-third of the revenue from these higher taxes would finance existing programs like the Children's Health Insurance Plan, state building construction, and operation of state veterans' nursing homes. One-fifth of the money, $15 million a year, just goes into the state treasury with no earmarks. And another $10 million a year goes to three new programs, services for veterans, including anti-suicide efforts, smoking prevention, and in-home services for elderly people with low income. Another prevalent disagreement over the initiative stems from the proposed elimination of the Medicaid expansion's sunset clause. When the legislature initially passed the bill in 2015, they scheduled the program to end on June 30, 2019, so that they could review the program and make changes or adjustments based on that review. Opponents of the initiative say that eliminating the sunset clause foregoes a necessary legislative review that they say would help control costs and keep the Medicaid program transparent and accountable. But supporters of the initiative argue that nothing in the proposed law keeps legislators in Helena from doing their jobs, although they do not specify what that means. And they argue that after the legislature failed to pass a tobacco tax in the last session, it's time for Montana voters to have their say. Overall, proponents of the initiative say that tobacco products cost the state millions of dollars a year in healthcare costs, and it's time for the tobacco industry to start paying back some of those costs. Opponents argue that this cost will actually fall on Montanans who use tobacco products, and that the proposal does not fully fund the programs it enshrines in law. In the end, the choice of which argument to support falls to each voter, so if you still have questions, do some more of your own research so you can cast an informed and confident ballot. Again, the election is on Tuesday, November 6th. If you haven't registered to vote yet, you still can at a county election office until 8 p.m. on election day. If you have been convicted of a felony, your voting rights are automatically restored at the end of your sentence. Even if you're on parole or probation, you can still vote, but you will have to re-register. Missoula Community Weekly will be back in the next few weeks to tell you about each of the initiatives and referendums that you'll see on your ballot this year. If you liked this week's episode of Missoula Community Weekly, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to catch up on our old episodes and keep up to date with our future work. Thanks for listening. <laughs>